Hey, hi, hello. Welcome back to the Hunter Hunter podcast, a subsidiary of the HBO Boys podcast. I am one of your local HBO boys, Ryan. Today we talk about Hunter Hunter episode 12, entitled Last Test of Resolve. The summary of which goes like this. The five group members take different approaches to their 50-hour penalty. Once they are allowed to return to the test, they must overcome many more obstacles. Eventually, they arrive before two doors with one hour left. One door leads to a difficult and long path that allows five people to pass. The other leads to a short and easy pass that only allows three. How will the five members vote on this decision? Is what the narrator's voice would sound like if he was saying it. So, we're back in still in Trick Tower during the 287th Hunter exam with our adventuring party of Pika Pika, the stolid yet scarlet, the rookie crusher douchebot, Mr. Oreo, the racist scourge, Kilowatt, the vampire murderer, and Gone, the little engine who could with a nebulous morality compass. Before we get into the episode, I shall make this statement. Patreon.com slash HBO Boys, Boys of the Z. Please go there and support this show, plus our His Dark Materials Season 2 show, which is currently running. Also, our Call to Cthulhu campaign that James put a lot of dope work into. It's really, really good. Go listen to the first episode now, second and third episodes to come, and you get all of this early if you follow us and give us a dollar a month on Patreon. As for Hunter Hunter, we've left the big room with the prisoners in it post-heart attack, but it wasn't the kind of heart attack people are used to. Most heart attacks have, like, clenching your left arm and gasping for breath. And while I suppose gasping for breath did have something to do with this particular heart attack that happened, it wasn't exactly normal. It was because Kilowatt straight murked a heart out of a grown man's chest cavity, which was a high point, to be fair, within the three straight bottle episodes that we just watched. But it's okay. Because now we're in a smaller room, so I'm sure it will be high octane. And listen, I'm not complaining. I mean, I am complaining. It's exactly what the definition of complaining is what I just did. But, you know, last night I watched a edited version of the Frieza saga. You know, the Dragon Ball Z arc where Goku took 21 episodes to charge a goddamn spirit bomb while everyone looked both afraid and impressed simultaneously. And this version, edited down, was two hours long made into a movie. And by the way, it was great. It was great to relive it. I had a nostalgia bomb to go with the spirit bomb. But it did get me thinking that my attention span since the time I watched Dragon Ball Z at the ripe age of 12 has diminished greatly, right? (laughs) If I can get through the spirit bomb, then I can get through this goddamn tower. I believe in myself. Also, I recently looked up a bunch of top 10 lists of episodes of Hunter x Hunter, and all of them on every list have not happened yet. Which I understand. I'm only 12 episodes into a 160-episode-ish show. But to be fair, a lot of top 10 episodes lists for a lot of shows, many including my favorite ones, have at least like the pilot in the top 10 or one of the foundational season 1 episodes. None of these goddamn lists I read had a episode I had already watched or am going to watch anytime soon. 
But on the other hand, a lot of these lists said like, you know, episode 70 is good. Episode 140 is good, etc. And to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, a lot of this summary started with like, what a groundbreaking episode in anime history. And then I stopped reading because I don't want to ruin more things for myself than I've already ruined for Hunter Hunter. But anyway, I'm procrastinating because we're still in this gosh dang tower. Not complaining. Not complaining. Anyhoosles, let's get back into this shit and get out of this goddamn tower. What will these kiddos do in isolation is the question. A subject for us pandemic adventurers that might be closer to home than usual, literally. Gon and his friends are waiting for 50 hours. Meanwhile, we port down to the bottom of the tower and we see Goretta join Hisaka, get a wrecker who I knew too much about, and Hanzo, Genji's brother, at the bottom, all finished up. We hear Goretta's voice for the first time, and I was like, oh, cool, a low black man's voice for the one black character on the show. And then I looked it up. Nope! He is voiced by Ray Chase, who is a wildly prolific voice actor. He played Purry Purry Prisoner from One Punch Man, Noctis from Final Fantasy XV, Marlin from The Walking Dead, The Master from Kingdom Hearts, and Hanzo in this show also. But he's a white guy, and this is the one black character. You couldn't get a black dude to do it? <sighs> so racist. I'm mean, it's racist. It's <laughs> just racism. Like, and by the way, like I know this year has been a bit different, you know, you see Jenny Slate leaving her character on Big Mouth, who was half black, and Jenny Slate wasn't, so she was just like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Like, the PC police have pushed forward the narrative that if you're a white person doing a black character, you probably shouldn't be doing that. And while I don't agree with the PC police, as they are so aptly named on many a thing, I think they're kind of being uh, a little bitches a lot of the time, this one's pretty straightforward. A white person playing a black character is just like animated blackface and uh, kind of gross, but whatever. I mean, not whatever. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm going to move on, but know that it's troubling. Gone and Kilowatt are practicing skateboarding in a corner of the room like cool boys, while Mr. Oreo asks Pika Pika to do simple math for him to reiterate the amount of hours they have left, which at the end will be 10 once these 50 penalty hours pass. And Mr. Oreo is like, great, it's definitely enough time to do something that I'm unaware of completely. At which point the rookie crusher is like, hey, you're dumb. This is going to be hard and your failure is my unbridled happiness while he sips on his tea that is inexplicably not poisoned by the rest of the group and laying a guilt trip upon Mr. Oreo's double stuffed skull. Although, to be fair, at the end of this conversation, the Rookie Crusher brings up a good point, by the way, which is that Mr. Oreo threw one of the games he was playing against LaRoot in the previous episode to straight feel her up, which was a moment that was awkward for everyone in the room, and I assume everyone watching on television at home, because Mr. Oreo is a shameless, gross-ass bitch! The Rookie Crusher then continues to berate Mr. Oreo, which I'm generally fine with, but is then interrupted because while Gon is practicing the skateboard in the corner of the room, he does a thing wrong, and it flies across the room at light goddamn speed, narrowly missing the Rookie Crusher's head. And in my perfect world, it would have decapitated him. We then fast forward to sleeping time, where everyone's asleep minus Kilowatt. Pika then wakes up to have what I assume will be a character development chat between the two strong boys. Kilowatt claims that he can stay awake for days at a time, which is some assassin shit. And without windows in this room, it's hard to tell, but it's probably morning anyway. At which point, he doesn't have a character development conversation with Kilowatt. He instead throws a pillow as a goof at the sleeping gone, who then instinctually, while not waking up, to 
flex it like a goddamn champion to Kilowatt's dismay. But surprise, it turns out Gon was actually not sleeping and just did that with his eyes closed, which is still impressive as Kilowatt throws the pillow again and Gon opens his eyes and sits up smiling to begin a high-speed pillow fight between two superheroes. Then everyone else wakes up to those noises and they still have 40 more hours left to go. And now it's time for a montage! Pika Pika's reading. Rookie Crusher's weirdly cracking his knuckles. Mr. Oreo's still asleep. <laughs> and Gon's explaining fishing to a magic assassin as he, from across the room, casts his lure into Tone's Bone's teacup with deadly fish-based accuracy. At which point, Kilowatt is like, yeah, let me try that. Give me that. And he catches Mr. Oreo's pants and pulls them down to show everyone Mr. Oreo's asshole. As we port back to the bottom of the tower to see Pockle finish, the future hunter of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, and hear his voice for the first time. We also meet Goes, a tall, muscular man with shoulder-like brown hair and a Fu Manchu mustache, who we met late in this game, and I'm sure will be alive forever. Also, by the way, I just said Pockle. That is apparently not the way you say it. It's Pokle? Pokle? Poke? Pokle? Which is dumb. I might just keep going with Pockle. We hear Goz's inner monologue about how everyone who finished before him, some by 20 plus hours, must be very skilled people. One of which will definitely not murder him in the future. I know too much! We then once again pour back to the tiny room and everyone's asleep like tiny little angels. Except for the devil himself, Mr. Oreo, who then turns off the TV and goes to lay down while looking at the clock and thinking about the guilt trip that Tone's Bones had laid upon him earlier in the episode and about how he's a selfish bozo who wasted all of their time. And then it's morning time again, and they have 17 more hours left as the kiddos once again are throwing pillows like the superheroes they are, and the rookie crusher slash Mr. Oreo are torturing each other with their respective feet. I don't know what the shit was happening there, actually. Like, the foot-based warfare that was going on, it was both unclear and not worth pausing for, so we're all moving on with our lives. Twelve hours left! Gone and Kilowatt participate in a handstand push-up contest to see which one of them would be better at CrossFit, while Mr. Oreo does air squats to make his glutes as powerful as the sun! Eight hours left. Gone and Kilowatt are eating straight fucking butter. Six hours left. Pika continues to read. Riveting. Three hours left. Kilowatt and Gone play the slap game, which is just kids doing hits. One hour left. We go downstairs once more to see that more peeps have finished, including Ponzu, who is fixing her hat. Cyper, who is cleaning her sniper. I don't know if that's how you... I, I assume it rhymes. I assume they're being cheeky little bitches. And by the way, from now on, I'll be calling her sniper rifle an op because I'm a cool gamer and I need everyone to know that. We see Aegon fencing. Uh, I, I, Aegon barely matters. And then Ryu, who we are now seeing for the first time. He's checking his neat nerd watch. And then a goddamn monkey with a human's face, passes and comes out of a doorway. And just what the shit? I don't... This world is so weird. It's That's one of the best parts of this world. Just like weird little things happen and you're like, that can't be. <laughs> and then thankfully the human monkey hybrid is a pet of a person named Somi. And I feel like this part was just here to meet a bunch of red shirts. Which, if you're unaware of my cool video gamer slash nerd slang, a red shirt is a character in Star Trek that was wearing, you guessed it, a red shirt and was just there to die. Like, they would say one thing like, man, I can't wait to get back to my 8,000 children who all love me so much. And then bam, they'd be shot with a fucking laser. So the term red shirt just basically means there to specifically die at some point in the story so the main characters don't have to. And I think we just met a bunch of them. Back in the tiny room, the wait is over and they can finally leave. They go on a montage adventure on a roller coaster and then a Fall Guys level and then an Indiana Jones obstacle course, at which point they reach a door to vote on opening it and 
everyone but the rookie crusher votes yes, which sends Mr. Oreo into a gosh dang tizzy. But then Gon is like, oh, sorry, I accidentally pushed the wrong button. <laughs> At which point the rookie crusher is like, I deserve an apology from you. Mr. Oreo. And then they have like a long conversation about whether or not the Rookie Crusher deserves an apology, which was annoying to listen to because how is this idiot not dead? Someone just murder him, please. They then reach another door, in fact, a pair of doors, at which point majority rule is brought up once again. The first door has an X mark on it, while the second door has an O mark on it. And this choice is a bit more difficult than whether or not to open the door. The first choice is to pick the door that is a long and difficult path and requires a minimum of 45 hours to pass, which is too many hours because they only have one left. The second choice is choosing the second door, which is a short and easy bout three minute long task, but only allows three of them to do it. At this point, once all this is explained to the group, we see that the wall behind them has too many weapons, a lot of weapons. It also has two pairs of handcuffs because if they choose the short version, the two people who aren't going have to handcuff themselves or assumably be handcuffed once murdered onto the wall before the door will open. But more so than that, you know, the wall is covered in every weapon known to man. Like the room is saying, hey, you can battle Royale to the death just in case you want to. Mr. Oreo then makes it like incredibly clear that he will fight to the death to pass like the dick back he is. Like he deserves it, question mark. But his convictions because he's friend died he wants to be a doctor i'm gonna kill my friends because i want to be a doctor Blah. then the rookie crusher says mr oreo should give off his spot because he chose finger banging a goddamn stranger over his friends remember that shit and then kilowatt is like well if it was up to me it would be you and me gone plus someone else who cares who else would it would be and i would argue in a dog eat dog world it is in fact up to the most powerful person in the room which i assume at this point is kilowatt with gone and pika not far behind him but if he was just like, I think it's going to be me and then turn his hand into a vampire fucking hand that he can snatch hearts out of bodies. Everyone would be like, you know what? I think it should be him. He's making great points. At this point, Tampa becomes impatient, grabs a goddamn axe and attacks Mr. Oreo. They begin fighting and gone. Plus Pika Pika convinced them to stop. Like there wasn't one of them who swung first. Just, just kill him. Why? It's, this is the most annoying part of the show by far how you have murderers in the party people who one person actually whose past dictates that he will murder anyone for any goddamn reason while the rookie crusher is being a dick the whole time and he doesn't stab him with his hand i don't get it i don't get it and i i, I get i like i I get it. I'm going to remember the Rookie Crusher as a character for a very long goddamn time. And I guarantee goddamn to you, I've said goddamn too many times this episode, that he lives. Of course he's going to live because F me, right? Anyway, while Mr. Oreo and Tone's Bones are swinging large weapons at each other, Gon gets a very bright idea by watching Tone's Bones break a wall with his axe and they all go the long way but then take the weapons and break down the goddamn wall, like this is Berlin, but way more important, that separates both paths using the axes, and with time almost gone, <laughs> gone, kilowatt, pika pika, plus Mr. Oreo and Tone's Bones right behind them, pass the third phase of the hunter exam. Thank 
Christ. And then a wild burst. 25 applicants have passed and one has goddamn died. And the third phase is the 287th Hunter exam is fucking complete. Yeah. We are out of this goddamn house. Thanks, Gone. But what Gone doesn't know is that he'll be forced to very soon face all of his friends plus other people in savage individual battles. Lol. And is basically a teaser of the movie Battle Royale is about to be real and these characters are going to participate. So the red shirt thing was totally right. Who dies next? Question mark. Okay, yes, we're out of the tower. Great, amazing. What I needed to keep my enthusiasm for this show, which I still have, by the way. It's a great goddamn show. And I'm looking forward to insane shit happening. And I know not every episode can have a heart yanked, but I'm spoiled. I don't know what to tell you. Here's a discussion and write to me on Twitter at Westworld Ryan. Send me an email at thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. We used to be the Westworld Podcast before we were the HBO Boys. And I refuse to change the email. Or you can talk to us on our Patreon. Patreon only Discord, if you give us a dollar more a month, patreon.com slash HBO Boys Boys with a Z. Is Gone smart? Like, it is back and forth on if Gone thinks murder's fine. It's also back and forth if Gone is intelligent. Like, he watched a person break a wall with an axe and he was like, oh, perfect. We'll just break that other wall with an axe and be done with this. Bingo, bango. Like, Pika Pika is the one who is set up to be the intelligent one of the group. And he didn't think of this shit. The little green boy did. Is Gone smart? A question for the ages. Write in. Tell me if you think Gone is smart and why. And I'll read y'all's shit on the next episode. If no one says anything, I will make stuff up. I'm not above making things up. That's like the definition of what podcasting is. I have a show. I am speaking. You know how weird podcasting is, by the way? I'm in my house right now, right? I'm just screaming into an abyss. I'm not gonna, this is, this is too inside baseball. I'm not gonna do this right now. Anyway, <laughs> that was episode 12 of Hunter Hunter. Thank y'all for being with me. I appreciate it very much. I love you to death. I would marry all of you individually one by one, then get divorced and then marry the next person if given the chance. Okay, bye. <laughs>